As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would name their tattoo restaurant everything but the kitchen ink, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I don't have a problem with him sitting in the corner. He is the corner guy. It's Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy. Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, what was that? Like a ghost voice? What was that? Yep. Yep. Spooky ghost. Spooky ghost. Of course it was. Uh, yeah. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, we're going to do another Sif Swift this week. Uh, chat yeah. Chat a little bit about uh, the the movie King of Staten Island. Um, yeah, Pete Davidson. Yeah, this is this is interesting. Maybe we'll get into this uh, as we kind of uh, get into the review itself. But we we can maybe talk a little bit about our Pete Davidson thoughts. Um, maybe let's do that now. Maybe let's just chat a little bit about kind of like the whole Pete Davidson thing because I, I mean until now most people just know him from Saturday Night Live and maybe a little bit of a stand up like what's been your experience with him up until this point uh basically those two things I've seen his stand ups which I think are hilarious and I actually really like him on SNL his uh uh what's the uh, the the new segment uh the Weekend Saturday update? news, yeah, weekend with uh, Jost and them. Yeah, uh, he, he has appearances on theirs, but honestly, he has a uh, a recurring uh, bit on SNL where he uh, plays a kid named Chad, and his Chad uh, sketches are some of the funniest things I've ever seen. Where he's completely so oblivious s- to whatever's yeah, going just, on around him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I don't know why, but I think that's so funny. Uh, probably because it is funny. It's really funny. Yeah. It's really well done. I I just know him from Saturday Night Live. I think I did watch one of his specials uh, recently and thought it was fine. 
Um, he has I a new one on, on Netflix that's really good. I, I should check that out. I, I think on SNL, my opinion has always been, I like this kid, and he is just a kid. Like, I, he is so young to already be uh, on SNL. But um, I have just always thought, yeah, I like this guy. And it's one of those things where I never thought of him in this way as somebody who would make the transition to movies, let alone movies that have a little bit of a serious edge to them. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of one of those things where uh, the, you know, the different people kind of keep their eye out for those people that they, they think will, will work well in those kind of situations. And Judd Apatow is definitely one of those people who, who kind of looks for people to kind of put in that spotlight. And so, yeah, yeah I, when I heard about the movie, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely interested to see what was going on and, and how that would turn out. So, so now, yeah. Did I think you know a- going into this that it was a, uh, an, almost a biopic for him? Close. I did. I did. And, you know, primarily uh, having a first responder parent who dies as a child is definitely something that is going to uh, inform your life in some very deep ways. And this movie, uh, I know, was going to deal with that, albeit a little bit different because they don't bring 9-11 into it at all, which I know Pete's uh, dad uh, died in 9-11. So... So yes, I did know that it was semi-autobiographical. You know that there there is an element to this that he is playing himself a little bit. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. All that all that makes it interesting, and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it. Um, how you been, man? How are things? Oh, I'm good. Doing real good. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it feels like uh, you and I we just talked not too long ago. <laughs> you know, it does. It does. Yeah. It does. It's amazing. So I, I guess it's flies. weird, but yeah, it's weird. Uh, it feels like not a lot has changed since last we spoke. <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot at all. Not a lot. No. All right. <laughs> let's let's get into it. Let's talk about the King of Staten Island. I like your tattoos. What are those numbers on your arm? Oh, that's uh, the date my dad died. He was a fireman. Died in a fire 17 years ago. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. Don't be. It's fine. Knock knock. Who's there? Not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> You can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie. Let that bird fly, please. Don't worry, Mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. A semi-autobiographical comedy drama about Pete Davidson growing up on Staten Island, including losing his father during 9-11 and entering the world of stand-up comedy. Uh, that is that is not really what this movie is about. So I don't know why that is the the log line here because yeah, that's that's not it at all. Yeah, that's wrong in in two ways. Uh, both the nine eleven part and the entering the world of stand. He doesn't do stand up in this movie, does he? No. So yeah, that's strange. That's absolutely strange. But anyways, the movie is out. Let's, let, let's redo that. You know, uh, <laughs> a semi autobiographical film about Pete Davidson's character. Uh, who lost his father in a fire when he was very young, and his new dream of becoming a tattoo artist. Owning a restaurant. There you go. We fixed it. Yeah. You're welcome, Owning it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is so, so wrong. It is very, very <laughs> wrong. Um, this is Pete Davidson. Is Scott. Um, Maud Apatow uh, plays his sister. That is uh, Judd's uh, daughter. Um, yeah. Belle Powley. Uh, plays uh, possible love interest. You got Bill Burr here, Marissa Tomei, uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, so a big cast uh, and a 
comedy slash drama, which is always the dramedy thing is always an interesting thing to pull off. Uh, Pete and Judd wrote this movie, and Judd is directing it. Um, so yeah, what do you think, King of Staten Island? Do you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I'm really close to loving this movie, but there's I have some issues, so I'm just going to go with I really like it. I I think I'm right there with you. Um, I I'm probably dead center of liked it. Uh, there's there's a lot to like in this movie enough that I can come away saying I liked it. But there's also enough that I didn't like that I just I can't quite throw it in that loved it uh, category. But this is uh, this is a very powerful movie, um, and there are moments in this movie that that really got to me and really made me think and have empathy for his life in this character and made me think about the world a little bit differently. And I think that's the power of film. So yeah, I was, I was definitely glad I watched it. What were some of the things you liked? Uh, honestly, I liked this whole cast, like a, as a conglomerate, I think it's a very well cast movie. Uh, I'm surprised by some of the performances and how good they are. Uh, primarily Bill Burr. Cause I think that he's, uh, he's been in dramatic performances before, like in breaking bad and stuff. But I think that this is the most, like, fleshed out character he's ever done. And I think that he, you know, he he just kind of fits into it really well. Uh, I really like Bill Burr a lot in this. I don't know, I, I think since Pete Davidson is playing himself pretty much, that it it doesn't really seem like he's, you know, put, or, you know, having to extend to try and you know, dive into this character because he's just playing himself. But, yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, he doesn't really do much capital A acting in this movie. Um, there's yeah. there's a scene right at the beginning that really draws you in where he's doing some some capital A acting. And, yeah. then, and then there's a couple moments uh, where I think that shines through where it's like, oh, he's he's got this in his tool bag, but he's still learning how to use it. And yeah, I don't... There's there's nothing about this performance where I would go. I think this is going to be an Oscar contender, but there's enough about this performance where I'm like, uh, keep keep at it. I would love to see more. I can't wait to to see how you hone this skill outside of something that is so obviously, um, you know, right right who you are. Uh, so yeah. I, I he he did enough that I was impressed and that I I want to see more. Um, and that's saying something. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can jump to the screen that way. And I think he did. Yeah, it's a it's a blossoming potential. I guess you could call it. Yeah. You see something there, and you're like, oh yeah, he he's got something. He's got the chops. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a shout out. It's it weird, but uh, do you remember a, a while back one of my uh, uh, buried treasures was the podcast Dimension Twenty, the D and D. Oh yeah. When I was yeah. telling you about. Yeah. Uh, Lou Wilson, uh, who was one of his friends with the Dreadlocks. Okay, he's yeah. one of the, he's he's one of the cast members on there. Oh. So I was like, I was like, oh, Lou, Lou hi, <laughs> weird to see you here. <laughs> hey, Lou. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's fun. He, uh, I, I'm I'm going back and forth on pros and cons, but I have to say this: my biggest con with this movie, and it, it's what's keeping me from loving it, is there are too many hanging threads or storylines that were brought up that were never, you know, brought to fruition. Yeah. So when the movie ends, I'm like, wait, what about that? That, you know, we spent so much time 
on this. Why, why aren't we talking about it right now? There's a thing that, that Judd Apatow does uh, that I think results in positives and negatives. And this is one of the negatives that I think it results in. He, he treats his stories so... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Relaxed is maybe the word I want to use. Like the, the the he doesn't feel the need to button everything up. And there's two things that happen because of that. Number one, there are loose threads, and number two, his movies are long, and yeah. that just that just seems to be something he's comfortable with. And it's almost become a directorial style of his to have long movies that have loose threads. And if you're an Apatow fan, you're used to that, and that's fine. Um, but I do think there is something beautiful about a tightly woven story, but that's just not what Judd is interested in doing. It doesn't appear to me. So, you know, for me, I'm with you. I would much rather see somebody really tighten up the story and get us to the thematic places and the character beats that really matter and that have resolution and that are important to the story. And what Judd would rather do is to live in it a little bit more. And honestly, I, I get that. I think there's a place for that. Many people, it, it, there is an authenticity to that in some ways, because then you live with these characters in moments that aren't important to the overall story. And so it's almost like it's more real because that's how we are in real life. We live through moments that aren't important to every part of our story. Um, so, so, yeah, I get it. But I, I kind of do like my, my stories tied up with a nice little bow sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have to just because it's real life doesn't mean that you can forget you're telling a story, you know, and stories are meant to entertain or provoke thought. And for the most part, I think this movie does. Uh, another thing about Pete Davidson that I really like outside of this movie and his real life is that he is a big proponent in, uh, you know, in advocation for mental health and stuff like that. And this mm -hmm. movie deals deals a lot. Like the entire movie is based around uh, mental health and you know trauma and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking. You know, if you uh, if you have uh, some forms of uh, mental health and uh, you can relate that much more with his character, like I I know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I, it we we don't have the same story, but the type of pain you're feeling and stuff I get, you know? So yeah. it's a, it, it can be very powerful on that front. And I, I think that that's why I like the movie that much more is because I just found parts of it relatable. I, I can absolutely see that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was uh, Belle Pauly. Uh, I think her performance is really tricky, and I think she pulls it off very well. Um, yeah. because she is in a relationship that she wants to be in, but she's not sure the person she's in it with understands that. And there's just, there's a real, uh, sensitivity and uh, awkwardness to that. That is, I think tough to pull off. And I think she does it really well. Uh, you mentioned Bill Burr. And if I, if I were to put anybody in this film and say, they've got a shot at a nomination and probably be Bill Burr. Um, yeah. I think his, his work here is incredible. I think right from the beginning, he's in a scene where he has to, uh, to really give some nuance, some idea of being angry, but at the same time starting to realize some things. And, uh, I think he pulls it off very, very well. So, um, so yeah, I like Steve Buscemi in this too. I think he's doing good work. Oh, here. Papa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's interesting seeing people in roles you would never expect to see them in. Like Steve Buscemi is a firefighter, but I bought it, you know? And, yeah. you know, Bill Burr is this... Uh, I could see Bill Burr more in his role than, like, it doesn't, like, shock me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, the caliber of his performance is really what I'm like, oh, so you have this in you. Great. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> do do more stuff like this, please. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I think that's pretty much the summary of it. It's it's really good. It's uh, occasionally very funny, occasionally very moving, um, but it is also very long and it is loose. It is a very loose movie, and that's just kind of what what uh, Apatow does. So yeah, uh, I do have to say, with tiptoeing around spoilers, the very last shot in this movie is kind of a tearjerker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, do you think it's more drama or more comedy? Let's play that game. Uh, honestly, I'm going to say drama. I think so too, and especially compared to other things that Judd Apatow has done. I think if you're yeah. if you're an Apatow fan, you may come out of this going, "Man, that wasn't as funny as his movies usually are." And I think you'll be okay. I think you know if you love movies, you're still going to be okay with it. But you know, don't come into it expecting 40 year old virgin you know what i mean like it's just that's not the movie that's not what's going on here um or this is 40 or whatever it might be i think this is a a much more serious apatow movie uh and i think the drama i think the drama outweighs the comedy in this yeah i'm right there with you all right we did it anything else uh i don't think there's a post-credit scene (laughs) i didn't stick around well, then we won't guarantee there's no post credit scene, but uh, yeah. but we don't we don't think that there is. Uh, all right, let's do some uh, buried treasure before uh, we head out for the day. Uh, what's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I'll let you go first. I went first last time. Sure. Um, last week I mentioned I've been in this uh, this idea of watching things I wasn't sure why I liked them so much. Um, or things that I wasn't sure why I didn't like them so much. Uh, I have one of each. Which would you rather hear? So, is it something that you thought you didn't like, but after rewatching, you find out it's actually good? Is that what you're saying? I'm not telling you whether what happens after rewatching it. I'm just telling you before rewatching it, I didn't like it and I wasn't sure why, or I liked it and I don't remember why. No, I'm going to go with the first one. I want to know something you didn't like and you don't know why. Uh, Ocean's 12 um, is the one... I like that one, actually. This is the Ocean's movie that I always have remembered as the downer Ocean's movie. Like, it just didn't have the same magic to it. It didn't feel as cohesive. Um, It was a little weird. And that's just the feelings I remember. But I love Ocean's 11. I dig Ocean's 13. I don't love it quite as much as 11. And I could not remember... What specifically gave me that feeling of it being the lesser Oceans movie? And so I I went back and I watched it. And I have to say, I like it more. Um, I still don't love it, but I think it definitely goes in the category with Oceans 13 of a really good Oceans movie. Um, I think it, it was probably just my expectations, probably coming out of Oceans 11 and because it doesn't have exactly that same magic, uh, I probably was disappointed, and I probably let that disappointment snowball in a way and uh, emphasize the things I didn't like. But there's really a lot to like here. Um, so I would uh, highly recommend if 
if you had the same feelings or you've never seen Ocean's 12 because you've heard people say it's not as good, uh, give it a chance. I think there's there's some fun stuff going on here. Yeah. Uh, I actually like this one more than I like 13, to be honest. I'm, I'm not sure that I wouldn't disagree with you. The problem is I need to watch Ocean's 13 again <laughs> to, me, to make sure. I think that this movie has a lot more laughs than Ocean's 13. The whole Julia Roberts thing, I think, is really funny. I think that's really funny that they played on that I, with it, Bruce it was, Willis. Mm-hmm. It was the thing for me that was probably the biggest change from when I originally saw it to now. Uh, I hated that uh, in the original viewing. Uh, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was over the top. I didn't think it made any, it made any sense. Um, you know, if she looked that much like Julia Roberts, why has nobody mentioned it before? Whatever. I was being dumb. But watching it this time, uh, I think it's fun. I think if you just kind of go with it, it's really fun. And that's, that's yeah. the thing. Um, so, so yeah, I had a real shift on kind of my view of that whole, you know, plot line ridiculousness kind of idea. Yeah. No, uh, I have a lot of fun with this movie. It's just, uh, I, nothing's going to beat that first one though no you can't no, no, recapture no. that magic the other thing i remembered that i didn't like about it and that again i think was minimized the second time through was i think the um the way this movie is resolved like these movies try to do this thing where they don't show you what's going to happen until it's happening you know and so you get kind of that whole reveal at the end you know soderbergh loves that kind of thing yeah and of the movies this is the one where the final reveal kind of makes the rest of the movie mean nothing in some, and not mean nothing but it, but looking at it um uh uncharitably it is one of those things where you can look at it and go well then what was all this other stuff about right that's the kind of ending it has and i don't i don't know if you remember the specifics but no i i know what you're talking about and, and Sp- so, speaking to lamont yeah yeah and so it's just like well so you're telling me the big thing that they did the big you know uh robbery the big uh you know caper was just this and it just it to me the first time especially i just remember being well that's dumb that doesn't make it that doesn't make any sense and that means all that other stuff as fun as it was maybe to watch was was not important it like pulled the wool over your, your eyes too far so that the stuff it revealed actually made the rest worse is how i remember it now again watching it a second time and not having those expectations and not being surprised by it. Um, so now I know what's going to happen. I was able just to give myself to it and have more fun, even though the end is like that. And so I do think there's something about that surprise doesn't work as well because of the way it's constructed. But watching it a second time, um, you can, because you know what's going to happen, you, you don't have to bear the weight of it. I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but that's kind of that's kind of how I felt. So that's I think that's one of the reasons I liked it more the second time. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Plus, we also get that really cool uh, Francois laser dance. That's always yes. fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, what do you got, man? Uh, I finally saw a movie that you have been championing for a very long time, and I got to agree with you. It's super good. I saw Widows. Yeah. Yeah, and tell me what you thought. uh, I love me some heist movies, and it just took me forever to see this one. Uh, No, it was really, really good. I mean, a lot of it uh, rests on the shoulders like Viola Davis, you know, uh, 
you know, giving that in crazy performance. But I love the fact that these women, and I can kind of get into spoilers here, uh, they don't automatically become expert criminals, you know? Right. Right. They struggle the entire movie, and I like that. I'm like, oh, okay, I was afraid that they were going to turn into the Ocean's crew. I think it's funny that we both had uh, heist movies as our buried treasures. <laughs> but, yeah, um, right. Um, but no, you have a crazy good cast. You know, Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Delecki, Liam Neeson, and then you get really, really, really quick John Bernthal and Manuel Garcia Rolfo cameos. But, uh, no, no. Uh, and uh, last week we talked about a bad Colin Farrell movie. This is a good <laughs> yeah. Colin Farrell movie. Yeah. Uh, the st- the, if I do have some issues with this movie, and they lie mainly in, uh, I don't, I was confused by who was really a bad guy and who was a good guy in parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I don't know who I'm supposed to be wary of. Uh, am I supposed to think? Because the movie doesn't, uh, uh, when it ends, it doesn't say, okay, yep, you should have hated this guy, or you should have liked this guy. Oh, Daniel Kaluuya is terrifying in this movie. He's so terrifying. He's so scary. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. Man, I love that guy. Why isn't he in more movies? He's great. He's great. Cynthia yeah. Revo. Also great. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, what a cast! Whenever I see Cynthia Erivo, she never disappoints. She's always, you know, giving crazy good performances, mm-hmm. and it just makes you think, why? When is she going to get her Oscar? You know, well, this this was her uh, breakout year. I mean, it was only a couple years ago. Um, you know, she had Widows and uh, Bad Time at the Bad Times. Yeah, the same year. And that was kind of her breakout. And then she did Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you watched it, man. Uh, Steve McQueen is quite a talent, and he's doing some yeah. some really great artistic stuff with the filming in this too. I think that really works. Um, yeah, there's a lot about this movie that that really really works. Yep, definitely a recommend from me, and it sounds like a recommend from you as well. Hundred uh, percent. A couple great heist movies for you to check out. It's funny calling uh, uh, Widows a heist movie. Um. Because it's so much more than that. <laughs> yeah. But but it is. I, but it is. But if you want a like a simple categorization of it, right. it's a heist movie. Right. But there's so much like character, you know, go, uh, development going on and like uh how dealing with loss and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or each each character, Viola Davis, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, they each bring a different element, you know, like Viola Davis is dealing with loss, you know, and uh uh, Michelle Rodriguez is dealing with guilt, and uh, and uh, Elizabeth, like he has the sur- uh, uh, abuse survivor, you know, mentality. And mm-hmm. There's just so much going on in this movie, but nothing overshadows another to the point where you're like, oh, well, if you're focusing really on that, we didn't need all this other stuff. It all is, you know, done very, very well. So huge props to Steve on that one. Yep, yep, great stuff. Well, we did it, man. We did yeah, it with Swift. Woo! Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming and hanging out again. Thank you, buddy. 
Huge thanks to producer Phil for putting the show together. Love you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can leave a comment, a rating, leave a review at iTunes, or email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than getting Pete Davidson to wear a suit. We'll be back uh, <laughs> next week with some more fun stuff, um, so we'll see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.